Now, I'm fine with the legal challenges. I am fine with allowing this process uh, to play out. And I do not get moved at all by the arguments of, oh, just take the L and just accept it. I don't allow people who lied to me for three and a half years about Russia to tell me what to do. And I don't think you should either. That is not to say that you should not accept reality as it comes your way. There are things happening that are legitimate and there are lawsuits happening that are not going to go anywhere. And you just have to be okay with that. But we should break down what's working, what's not, what's happening, so we know the difference between the two. William Jacobson joins us now from LegalInsurrection.com. Make sure that you bookmark the site, and also you make sure you become part of the foundation, LegalInsurrection.com. Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson. And I want to start with Pennsylvania. Because I also want to get into Georgia, maybe some of the other things that, that you're seeing. And again, as you and I have discussed, the pathway forward for President Trump is thin. That is a different conversation than whether or not he should be engaging this pathway forward. As you have the story at LegalInsurrection.com, as we start with Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Supreme Court dismisses the challenge to mail-in ballot procedures and vacates the halt to certification. So two things happened here. Let's start with the challenge because it was a congressman and a congressional candidate, Sean Parnell, who said, hey, we shouldn't be allowing these mail-in ballots. And the Supreme Court said, uh, you snooze, you lose. That's basically what they said. Well, that's right. It was a challenge saying that the entire mail-in, um, essentially no excuse mail-in ballot, they weren't challenging absentee ballots, but that that whole mail-in procedure um, required a constitutional amendment which never happened, and therefore the legislative act enabling that um, was invalid. And then the question was, well, okay, you know, a million, two million, three million, however many people in Pennsylvania voted by mail relying on this procedure. Uh, We're not talking fraudulent votes here. Um, What is a court supposed to do? Well, the uh, lower court, the trial court, said there's a real issue here and that I have concerns about this and I'm not going to order an end result yet, but I'm going to put certification on hold until I can have a hearing and take more evidence about this and that it might be that this is a problem. Um, The Pennsylvania Supreme Court said no, um, vacated that the certification go forward. And their reason was it's too late. If you wanted to challenge this procedure, you should have done it before the election, not after millions and millions of people have voted this way, uh, relying on the fact that this was a legislative procedure and presumptively correct. And maybe had it been thrown out, they would have gone and voted in person. Uh, And we're not going to disenfranchise millions of people who relied on this. And, you know, you should have done this before the election, not after the election. Uh, And in fact, there's been multiple cycles that they've used mail-in ballots Some of the plaintiffs in the case, the petitioners, actually um, got elected using this procedure in past elections. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just says, no, we're not going to pull the rug out from millions of people who relied on this procedure. You should have done it six months ago, not six weeks after the election or three weeks after the election. So they get told, sorry, this isn't going to work. But the other part of it was, was that there was a judge who said, whoa, 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 let's whoa up on the 
on the certification of the vote, and uh, let's take a look at these things. The Supreme Court says, yeah, we're vacating that. Go about certifying if you choose. What happened there? Well, that's right. That's the, that's what they did. They basically said that your challenge, um, and we're vacating and reversing what the lower court did. Um, there is no longer an injunction against moving forward to certify the vote, and they are not going to throw out mail-in ballots based on a challenge, which in their mind is coming way too late. Um, and uh, I'm not sure what they would have done if they hadn't done that. I mean, the problem... That And I, I think maybe the last time I was on your show mentioned that the problem Republicans have in a lot of these challenges is they're essentially asking the court to throw out the, the baby with the bathwater, that the bathwater being, you know, we found some fraud here. OK, there's suspicious things going on. Um, we've got somebody who witnessed, you know, extra ballots being stuffed here. And we've got a person who witnessed funny stuff going on there. Um, but we can't tell you how those people voted or we can't tell you how, exactly how many there were. And therefore, we want you to throw out the entire election result um, or an entire class of ballots like mail-in ballots, because some of them may be fraudulent. And that's a really tough road for a, to convince a court to do, to say, you know, in the city of uh, Philadelphia, because we've identified certain fraudulent things went on, we're going to disallow hundreds of thousands of votes, most of which there's no problem with. And I, I don't know that they're ever going to convince a court to do that. That's a very different story than identifying a specific class of ballots that shouldn't be allowed, like ballots that arrive by mail after Election Day. OK, that's a legal question. Is that allowed? We've identified them. We know the quantity. We know which ones they are uh, and they'll either be allowed or not. But that's very different than what Republicans are hoping to achieve uh, in many states, which is don't certify the vote, kick it down to the state legislature, which in these key states in many instances is Republican, and let the state legislatures appoint the electors without regard to the popular vote. I think it's a very tough road. You are going to have to have overwhelming proof positive people you can bring into court um, who are going to show that the election was so pervasively corrupt or that there were provable, not theoretical, but provable changes made to the election results via corrupted software that a court's going to take that drastic step. So, you know, when this all started, I said it was a long shot. I think people should pursue it. If you've got legitimate claims, they should be pursued. That's fine. I'm not saying don't pursue them, but nobody should be unrealistic about this that uh, it's going to take a mountain of demonstrable evidence to convince a court to essentially uh, throw out an election. And that's where we come to Georgia. William Jacobson joins us now from LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. It's Sidney Powell releasing the Kraken, and it's the huge lawsuit. And then everybody was making a big deal out of this judge who uh, said, uh, hey, uh, no voting machines in Georgia can be wiped or reset. Some people said that this means that they were impounded. They were never impounded. And this was a move from the judge, uh, Timothy Batten Sr., um, basically 
kind of reiterating something he had already said, as I see it. But does this mean that that Sidney Powell has a case? Does this mean that there's something to look at here? And if there's something to look at in Georgia, can people say, well, that means there's something to look at in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Nevada, et cetera? You know, there's there's the biggest problem that this these cases have is the calendar. Okay, courts have to do this. I forget what the the date in December is, but by a certain date, electors have to be appointed, and the electoral college has to meet, and the electoral college has to vote under the Constitution, and so these things have to happen. Okay, if Sidney Powell had six months or a year to delve into this, to bring forensic experts in to inspect computer software systems, to inspect voting machines, to do all this, who knows what would happen? But she doesn't have six months or a year. This has to happen this week, basically. And so the judge in Georgia has said that those um, can't be altered, they can't be wiped clean, they can't be reset, things like that. I don't know if the order gave, granted her permission to inspect them, But, you know, this is relief, I got to tell you, that should have been requested a week or two ago or three ago that, you know, we're getting up against deadlines that have to happen. And, you know, that's that's just reality. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's just reality is that people have been slow to move to challenge things. And we're now, you know, approaching a month after the election. And a lot of the stuff is just kind of getting going. We were outlawed here. I got to tell you, we were outlawed six months ago when Democrat lawyers were in all the states changing the procedures. They were uh, removing the sort of security measures that would give us confidence in the result, or at least more confidence in the result. I want to dig they into were- that, William. I, I never like to interrupt you, but I want to dig into that, this idea of being outlawed, because this is where people like myself are saying, I don't think I can prove it in court, but if you ask me whether or not I think this election is on the up and up, I'll tell you, oh no, I think despicable things happened. So when you talk about six months ago being outlawed, I want you to define for me what you mean. What I mean is that a lot of these mail-in procedures that people are objecting to that say that they'd create an unreliable vote, that they allow the equivalent either explicitly or implicitly of ballot harvesting, that they don't have the security mechanisms, um, that the procedures are not in place to verify signatures, that the you know machines used to verify machi- uh, signatures, at least initially, were set to very low standards. All of these procedures were the result of litigation in states, including Georgia, um, over the summer. And... Uh, Republicans more or less either lost them or settled them. And the excuse used to get courts to go along with these things was the pandemic, that it is too dangerous to force people to show up at polling stations and require them to vote. People are afraid. And therefore, the courts loosened a lot of these security requirements and allowed uh, and and legislatures did, too. It's not just the courts. Um, And so. We came into this election with a mail-in procedure that in many states uh, left people wondering what is going on here. And then we had, you know, election night, which wasn't an issue of lawyering, but election night where there was no transparency 
where when votes were counted, Republicans were excluded or they were put in a cavernous room but told to stay in one corner of it. So you're 50 feet away. You can't really tell what people are doing. There were no opportunities to challenge signatures on mail-in and absentee ballots. So basically, we came into this election without the sort of mechanisms in place in key states which would give us confidence. And so I think the end result of this, if you had to ask me, what is the most likely? I mean, unless they come up with proof that this theoretical software problem, vulnerability, actually was exploited. I mean, it's one thing to say this software has vulnerabilities. Uh, I don't think anybody's disputing that. But it's another thing to say that those vulnerabilities actually were exploited to change votes. And that's where they're going to have to come in basically this week with the proof of that. Uh, That proof has not been made public yet, that it actually happened. So I think a, a a big, you know, a likely result here is a result where close to half the voting population believes this was not a legitimate election. And but there's just no way to prove it because we don't have the mechanism, didn't have the mechanisms in place because of the pandemic and the panic uh, to loosen voting security that would allow us to, to have that confidence. Uh, there are a lot of anomalies that are people are pointing to. Uh, You know, uh, a lot of people who apparently only voted in the presidential election and things, you know, I I don't think that's going to win the day in court. You know, there there could be explanations for that. For example, there was simply a large anti-Trump vote. There are people who only came out to vote to vote against him and couldn't care less about the congressional race and didn't bother to vote in it. So there there are potentially legitimate uh, explanations. And so I think we're going to enter. 2021, the way we entered 2017, which is half the population thinking the president is illegitimate. And I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And I half now, as opposed to the Democrat half four years ago. Uh, I there there's going to be an argument that uh, the conservatives or the political right has now that they've got more reason to think it's not legitimate than the progressive left uh, ever did. Um, you see any more and challenges I, I in the horizon? That- demonstrable instances of fraud here. The question is, they may not rise to the level, whereas Russia collusion was a hoax from day one. Exactly my, my point. Exactly well said. Do you see anything on the horizon between now and December 14th when the electors do vote? I believe it's December 14th. Uh, that can change the scope of things. I don't see it, but I want to know if you see it. I, I really don't, unless, again, this week... Somebody comes forward with proof that there was election fraud on a scale to change a state result, not theoretical election fraud, not anomalies, but actual proof that is going to sway a judge. I don't see it. I don't see Republican legislators um, taking away the vote and saying that we're going to appoint the electors we want, regardless of the popular vote. I, I don't see that happening. Some may. And in Pennsylvania, apparently there's 20 or something like that who've signed on to that. But that's, you know, if the Democrats did that in 2016 and said, well, yeah, Trump won the vote in Pennsylvania by whatever it was, 30,000 votes, but we don't like them and we're going to appoint Democrat electors anyway, there'd be there'd be a revolution in the country. Uh, and, you know, 
Look, I hope they find the proof. I hope sometime that they can say that all these theories we have about election fraud, here's the proof of them. Uh, But so far, it really hasn't come out. And I think a lot of people are deluding themselves um, into thinking that it's there just because someone says it happened. But that's not going to win the day. William Jacobson, LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com. I always appreciate you being with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.